Hello and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. This week is something of a, a secret Monday podcast as Sarah Moore catches up with downhill rider Ronan Dunn. Now, Ronan's had a couple of breakout seasons aboard that Continental Nuke Proof team, including some quite amazing podium runs. So, with his big move to Mondraker, Sarah thought she'd catch up with him to talk all things downhill. We really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Ronan Dunn, thank you so much for coming on the Pink Bike Podcast today. Hi. Uh, yep, stoked to be on. Um, it's a bit of a pleasure for sure. Um, really, really enjoy doing podcasts and talking, talking muck with people, so can't complain. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know you've got some big changes coming your way for 2024, so I'm excited to get into that. But first of all, where are you today and how has your day been? Um, yep, yeah, I'm in home in County Wicklow in Ireland and yeah just finished off a big moto day, motocross day so can't complain and then off to the gym later so yeah usual pretty good day anyway Thanks. that's a, a typical winter winter day for you yeah for sure yeah just uh, tipping away really um so let's get into the big news who are you going to be riding for next year um so 2024 and beyond i'll be riding for mondraker factory racing so it's a program that i'm insanely insanely honored to be on it's a mondraker is a bit of a dream brand for me for being a fan as a kid and riding one of their bikes to now being on their first factory program is pretty is pretty cool so yeah super stoked for it so let's get into the details like at what point in the season did you know that you were going to be riding for them uh how did the relationship come about like what, how, let's get into the details of that um yeah so the season was going uh, pretty pretty well like i was real happy with the way it was going with um uh, i think i just came off at eighth place in leo gang and then 11th val de sol and i like there was a break in between the world cups and i got a message from jorge just saying um about mondraker and i was thinking it'd be for ms and then they were like no it's a whole new program factory team and i was like wow that's pretty insane and um like i wasn't going around asking teams for spots but i think there's a rumor going around that i was up for change or looking for something a new program so i was getting a few really cool offers from some dream brands and then like mondraker kind of just stood out um just because like the history and i've really really enjoyed just everything they've been doing so and then after riding and uh, i just did a few sneaky rides of the bike in Andorra and yeah after that I was like okay this bike goes quick and we can do some pretty some good damage on this bike so I was like okay let's uh, keep going and then by the J World Cup after that I've made the decision I was like okay I'll I'm for sure riding for this brand it's pretty cool so that was pretty important for you to try the bike before you made the decision and like signed your name on the on the dotted line yeah yeah like um like really i i I think all bikes are like i think every bike on the world cup circuit has the potential to win and just like everybody but i was like okay i'll just make sure it's just so there's no nothing in the back of my mind until i ride the bike and like yeah after pretty much the first run i can kind of tell i was like okay this thing this thing moves so um and like i'm not crazy with bike setup and stuff but i was like okay i can tell straight away that this this bike can do it so it was, it was pretty nice just to no, for sure. Um, so the Continental Nuke Proof team, that's the team you were with for the past mm. three years. Um, that team, you're, were you riding RockShock suspension on that bike? Yeah, so we uh, went with RockShock for 2023 and they were an insane help. Like everyone um, from the mechanics, like Max and all helping. Like it was a pretty good, I felt like it was a real good relationship there and I was super, super stoked with it. And mm. like it was a bit, I would have liked maybe to like work with rock shocks and definitely in the future i'm sure it could happen again um but yeah like that that program was sick for the 2023 season like we had the two new girls veronica and louise it was um and then harry malloy coming on it was yeah mm -hmm. it was a pretty sick program but after like the third year i was like i feel like i could do i it's just it'd be nice to ride try a different bike and then mm -hmm. yeah so coming on to this year it's pretty much everything on the bike is completely different from what i was riding in mm -hmm. 2023 suspension tires components like everything is a, it's a completely different bike so it was definitely well yeah so it's pretty good 
<laughs> so when you tested the bike, did you test it with the Fox suspension or did you test it with RockShox no, suspension? No, um, I was on Fox in Andorra. So yeah, like um, both insane brands. So I actually like, I'm sure there's going to be some people who are going to say, but I would, I didn't, it didn't hit me straight away. Like I, I think um, they're both insane brands. So it's, um, it wasn't like night or day between either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're able to kind of feel like you got a good yeah, feel you, for the bike. Yeah, you could tell like it was um, like just pretty much how stable it was. And it just, yeah, it just felt nice. So yeah, it wasn't like, okay, I need to put on all my exact same tires, my same setting. I think I was riding someone else's complete setup. Like <laughs> I would have changed a lot, but like you can still kind of tell pretty straight up. I was like, if this works or not. So yeah. I could probably win a world cup on this bike. if I. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, I feel like I could go fast enough on this. So was, yeah, that helped for sure. <laughs> nice. Um, and so I guess that's a, it's a, obviously a, a big change for you. So you're going to have mm. a lot more support with this yeah. bigger factory team. I imagine it sounds like there's, I think there's nine support staff. Mm. You've each got your own mechanic. There's a, yeah. you know, dedicated yeah, driver team manager pretty, like how different will be that will that be yeah. from the setup last year yeah like it's definitely a pretty like bougie setup like feels like a super cross or f1 kind of team like we when we're in alicante looking at the factory like just going around the factory is insane it's something like i could i call it kind of like the mclaren building it looks this insane factory and just going in there and seeing like all like the old school bikes till the recent one i was like wow okay like we're gonna this season we're gonna need to go fast now like and then then we seen like the truck like our our new team truck i was like oh my god this is like it is like it's a factory team it's crazy but like yeah so yeah there's no definitely no no excuses at all it's pretty and like from even having a physio and stuff was just like wow and they're like our mechanics like putting on telemetry like i never really used telemetry at all before i think i've used it once or twice and then like we were using it every practice run and the mechanics are like okay what did you feel there i was like yeah it was good <laughs> like i didn't really know what to say um so like yeah pretty crazy stuff yeah. So is that the kind of testing side of things, something that you usually do a lot of in the off season or this is kind of the most that you've ever done by the time? No. So the first team camp, yeah, forever. Like first time, that was the first time. Yeah. Most testing I've ever done. Usually I pick a setup and I just stick to it through the whole season. The bike might get a little bit harder throughout the season. So like the first team camp, we like did even we did a track walk and stuff. I was like, whoa, this is this is big time. <laughs> and then like, yeah, so like yeah, we tested a lot of the bike, um, and yeah, pretty much just went from there. But yeah, it was pretty pretty insane putting on telemetry and fine tuning stuff, which was a bit of an eye opener for sure. Yeah, and so you signed kind of you you knew that you were going to be riding for Mondraker relatively early within mm, yeah. the season last year um so that was pretty reassuring i imagine coming into the off season to know that you you had the support yeah. of a team yeah like i um i know there's like the way the bike industry was going like i think there's a lot of riders who didn't have rides and stuff so i like i kind of like okay we'll make sure like it was, i was like get this sorted as early on as possible so when it comes to Mont Saint Anne or Snowshoe, I'm not like, okay, so who am I riding for now? Like, let's go. So I was kind of like, it was a bit annoying. Uh, well, not annoying, like, because if you had a bad weekend, you're like, God, like this is, this is like damaging my. Okay, let's go talk to a team after I just right. flattened myself in live TV, <laughs> or like I broke, I broke my wrist halfway through the year, and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, are they gonna see this now? Like. I remember going to meetings and putting my hands behind my back just so they wouldn't see this big cast or, <laughs> or they're like, or like, I remember, I think it was in Fort William. I missed out on world champs because my wrist was just no going. And I was like meeting with some, some like, um, teams and I was like, okay, don't just say the wrist is sprained. Don't say it's broken. <laughs> so they're not, uh, thinking. Yeah. So that you're a bit of a wild card. So yeah, it was a bit, tough doing it in between the races but i'm happy i did it like that way because yeah it was just mm-hmm. easier coming into the end so it sounds like that 
wrist injury was a whole lot more stressful than than it might have been if you hadn't been kind of between contracts yeah like it wasn't it was an ideal um it was just yeah like I, that was my first time i've missed missed a world cup or anything or world champs due to a natural injury mm-hmm. so it was a bit it and especially during the middle of the season because the season was going so well and then, yeah then that happened i was like oh yeah it wasn't the yeah, best so when when exactly did you break your wrist um just after hardline um i don't know what date that was i'm not too sure mid like mid-season so after mm-hmm. hard, um, red bull hardline i think was so finished off the sketchiest hardline there was like with the wind and stuff even though we didn't race like mm-hmm. by most dangerous conditions and then i go home and i was like oh i'll go for an easy ride and clipped something on a pretty flat track and just plopped into the plopped into some rocks and I was like, ah, oh, it wasn't a big crash. And I was like, my wrist feels kind of weird. And yeah, it turns out I fractured or broke my scaphoid. And I was like, oh my God. And then like, oh yeah, the scaphoid yeah. can be a tricky, tricky yeah, one. Yeah, it was like, and that's all I was getting told is the scaphoid's a tricky one. You have to be super careful. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not, it's okay. It'll be fine. And it'll be fine for Fort William. And then got a scan just before Fort William practice day. And they're like, oh yeah, that's definitely eight weeks. I, was oh, like, wow. I, I don't think I'm going to make practice. So yeah, I kept telling, I kept on telling myself it wasn't, uh, it wasn't broken. Like I didn't put up any Instagram posts or tell anyone. I was like, okay, it's, it's perfectly fine. I'll keep it hush hush. So it doesn't affect like coming up into contracts, but, uh, yeah, pretty sure. So at that point you, you still hadn't like new, um, sorry, uh, Mondrager had approached you, but you hadn't kind of signed on the dotted line. So you were kind no, of nervous no, about so nothing that. Went- nothing was signed and i was like um yeah i was like i don't like i don't want them thinking i'm like because i'm kind of known for being a bit of a wild rider i'd say and yeah i didn't want them thinking oh we're signing kid with a broken wrist halfway through a season i was like i'll just say it'll be fine and it'll be fine in a couple of weeks so yeah (laughs) you didn't want to be seen as a as a a wild or a liability kind of for yeah you know. like and even though that was my first time breaking a bone or anything like that or missing a race i was like okay mm-hmm. like because I, I think i said that before i actually did i was like oh yeah i've never broken a bone or missed a race and then yeah Started. i go and <laughs> yeah i go and happens, do that right? so yeah a bit of a pain <laughs> yeah but that being said you raced every single world cup yeah um yeah only so, missed world championships really yeah um so yes pretty lucky with the all wrist because like i think coming into andor i did my first riding a week before the world cup or the world cup went to andor early with a few mates and yeah went early with a few mates and after like the first two days i was like okay i can't race this world cup i'm in too much pain my wrist is not and i just took a few painkillers and like told myself no it's fine put a wrist brace on and yeah slowly it got better and then it didn't it didn't break at any of the races so i was like okay we're we're fine because the doctors are like either it won't break or it's gonna snap you are like you there's no in between uh, oh wow so, yeah yeah <laughs> so was, the bone uh, was healed or it was uh, um, like- i never i never went and got a checkup scan and uh, i didn't want to go yeah i literally got the scan just before i went on door and they're like okay realistically you should be giving this another month but i was like why well, I, I can't give it another month i a race in two weeks in there like or longer than a month i think and i was like and then once it didn't break during the week before andorra like i didn't snap or i didn't get insane pain they're like okay you can you can go race so wow wow and you still finished top 30 in every single race this year yeah yeah like i was pretty like i had actually a good few crashes in some of the finals but it was a way with the semi-finals like if you crashed you could still get a top 30 result so that actually that helped me out a bit which was quite nice because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you finished 12th 12th overall this year yeah that was yeah so i was pretty yeah extremely happy to finish 12th overall considering i i think leger i crashed and uh ludeville had some pretty big crashes so and i'm on Sinan, so i had actually a few falls and finals but i was quite happy to put in some solid semi-finals so still get some points like regardless so it was pretty cool right 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 yeah um and so it's a pretty different different thing from a couple of years ago when you were doing a win win tv you got the privateer yeah. of, of the year in in 2021 yeah. that was your first top 30 place um in the yeah. gang um it sounds like you've kind of really progressed and become a lot more kind of a consistent top top 30 rider now 
Yeah, like um, it was pretty like yeah. Back then, that was like actually my because I didn't race. I race. I miss. I don't know. I've only done three races in, as a junior, and I never qualified mm. for any of those races as the first year. And then like I went into my first year elite, and I was like, okay, like maybe white qualifying. I got twenty second in the first qualifying. I was like, oh my god, this is. And then somehow managed to stay on the bike. So I wasn't really experienced at all when I was a first year. So and second year, so I was just kind of either get an okay result or i'll end up in the bushes there was kind of no in between so i definitely <laughs> found this year i kind of found a bit more bit more of myself really just sort of learning how to actually do this really so it was quite cool yeah and uh you're saying that you might have to just sell your car to fund the rest of your 2021 yeah. season <laughs> so yeah the, like the twit like the that season we were pretty much full privateer like we um paid for i think a discount on the bike and paid for all the suspension stuff and like paid for split travel with the cummings so it was uh yeah it was definitely like pretty expensive season so i was like okay i need to actually make this kind of work like really need to get mm-hmm. some results or because if i didn't do well in 2021 there definitely was no racing in 2022 for sure so it was like it was pretty good to make it work and you were so the Continental New Proof team. It kind of stepped up for the the next two level, the next two years that you were on it. Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty cool. Every year it got um, better. So our first year, obviously, we all split the price to travel around Europe. So mm-hmm. it was like obviously, I think most people know from racing, it's definitely not cheap to do that. So mm-hmm. um, and then that season went pretty well. I think I got one top twenty and a few top thirties. So that made sponsors come like, okay, we'll invest more. So. For the 2022 season we didn't need to pay for travel which was a dream mm-hmm. like it still costs enough just for your own stuff but not having to pay travel was a major thing mm-hmm. and then after getting a podium and a few top 20s and stuff that made i think the brand like sponsors and then the two girls came along and then we we're lucky enough for this season to have an actual budget which is pretty cool every year that it progressed and progressed which was quite cool so yeah yeah, and so now I imagine you're actually getting a, a salary, and you can kind of yeah think think about it as a as a job. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like because I think coming into 2022 season, like I had to work on a building site for a few weeks anyway, just to get a bit of money for it to do a bit of training on the off season. So mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty cool now, where like it's insane, like it's the dream now to be okay. My work today is go ride my motocross bike for a few laps, and then go gym or go do downhill laps tomorrow so it's pretty yeah right now it's <laughs> you can't complain about anything it's pretty handy and you've got some you had a training camp in spain where they kind yeah. of flew you to the the office do you have some other training camps planned as well yes yeah, so um we're actually heading to guatemala and i think the start of fed so we've uh, going to a race there in south america and i think a team camp there so like it's pretty wow. pretty insane to be <laughs> going to South America for work. Like I think it's pretty crazy and like yeah, super super blessed to be doing that. Really, yeah. and then there's that. I think we still have another three camps after that when Europe starts to defrost a bit. So it'll be pretty cool. So plenty by the time Fort William comes around, I think we'll definitely be prepared. Wow, and we haven't actually talked about your teammates yet on the team. Yeah. So at what point did you know who you were going to be? riding with on the on the Mondraker team once you had actually signed the contract was that part of signing the contract or did you find out um, later or? no not really because I like I think they threw up a few names and I was like talking to them or negotiating with them like who I'd be riding with but like I think nothing nothing was like set in stone really so I think when I found out about Dakota first so I think we're in where was it I think it was Mont Saint Dan and he was asking me about like what team am I going or so well we're talking about the f- future and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, going to this new program. And he's like, you do know I'm I'm your teammate, right? And I was like, oh, okay, that's <laughs> okay. Because like, I heard like they were mentioning him before, but I wasn't 100% sure. It was like, he was on team, so I didn't want to give anything away. And then he was just like, yeah, we're like, you know, you know we're teammates, right? So that, that, was, that was a pretty handy way to find out your teammates, Dakota. And like, it's pretty crazy to be teammates with Dak. Like, like the season he had this year was insane, like, just the riding he was doing it was pretty pretty crazy like here and he crashed in i think it was snowshoe semi-finals he had a crash and i think we just about beat him so like for that to be your teammate is pretty pretty insane so i think it'd be pretty cool for 
Yeah. And then I think when I found out about Ryan, I think it was just Mont St. Dan after the race, I just went up to him. I was like, oh, you like, we teammates next year. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, was like, I was like, oh, okay, sick. That's pretty, pretty cool. So yeah. yeah Did you know was, both of them pretty well or not? Um, not well, like, or? I definitely talk to for sure. Like a lot, mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty outgoing person. Like I'm, I think I'm chatty with everyone on the circuit. So yeah, I've definitely spoken before and like, yeah, it is pretty definitely knew who knew of them so it's pretty nice to know at least their personalities before going into the season mm-hmm. for sure it sounds like uh dakota's a pretty techie person yeah. and so He's what's that- it been like doing the kind of testing the new bike in in spain with him kind of going you know if if you're like yeah you haven't done that much testing before and he's kind of the other extreme so what what was that kind of like yeah, it's cool. Like for, I think me and Ryan were kind of similar in our setup wise. We where mm-hmm. we just did not know much. And like Dakota, he just he just knows what he's talking about. And it's super impressive. Like when he's like talking with the mechanics and they're actually like discussing stuff. And then me and Ryan are kind of just looking <laughs> at you like it's kind of like being in maths class in school, like physics. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Like talking about crazy stuff. And I'm just like shim stacks and all. I'm like, I have no idea what this means. I'm, I'm so lost and so it's pretty and it's cool to learn like it's like you, you hear what Dakota's saying you're like it's you can take it into your own like you can it helps me for sure because mm-hmm. I can actually like feed off him and he can see so yeah it was pretty cool to see a bit of eye opener that I need to go opening up a book about Fox 40s and learn learn how they work I think <laughs> but you also have a mechanic that you'll be working with yeah. one-on-one now so that makes yeah. a huge a huge difference yeah that would like well previous yeah like previously he was sharing mechanics so having my own mechanic I think he would like he definitely knows he's an insane mechanic and he knows how to tune suspension and all it's pretty it's pretty sick and like yeah he was saying oh we try this and I was like I was like yo yeah we'll roll the bars back a bit i think that'll do like i was kind of yes yeah, so it was uh, He's like how many degrees yeah i was, I was like I, I don't know i'll see what this feels like yeah. um so i think yeah it's a good thing to be a bit more clued in on setup because it's super important and yeah try different things or try stuff out of your comfort zone because it could always work so it's pretty sick yeah, and what were you doing kind of in previous years when you were on the the new proof bike? Um, well, like for team camps, we didn't have a crazy amount. Like we had as much as we could with the budget, I think, with any team. So it was like mm-hmm. completely understandable. But usually, I just go out to like maybe Portugal on my own and stay with my friend Gonzalo Bandier. Mm-hmm. And like usually, we won't really do anything with setup. We just ride as fast as we can until we crash. Really, I think we're still <laughs> we're probably still going to do that. I'm not saying that's <laughs> not going to happen, but yeah, it'll be like oh, my forks feel a bit soft I'll whack in a bit of pressure and that's that's really it it wasn't there there's nothing crazy going on I think we used telemetry like once every Fort William because a guy would go who had it so mm. it's pretty and then you will see how wrong your setup is for that race and then you'll be like okay bye-bye it's like we won't see you around for the rest of the season so uh <laughs> no nah, it's pretty and then now like telemetry every round was just pretty like wow it was, yeah. it was cool are you worried at yeah. all that it's gonna kind of get in your head that now you're gonna um, think about it too much or you're like it was working for me not to think about it too much so kind of what what are you thinking about that yeah i, th- I definitely think i've heard a lot of riders saying they've gone out a rabbit hole with telemetry and the computer saying one thing and the rider saying the other but i think i'm like it's just handy to have a basis there i think um just i more just see it for overall sag and stuff to see if i'm actually just using all my travel and not just having that one massive compression but like yes the ring is at the top where were sorted so it's pretty it was super handy for just those overall and with a new bike you think you feel something because the mondraker you can set it up so much with braces and stuff so i was thinking the bike was softer when i was actually flexier than what it was until we played around with the stiffness of the frame so it's quite quite cool to see those things for sure which it helped out crazy um and it sounds like you've got uh the support of mondraker like the factory as well like how are they going to be are you going to be working on different bikes potentially throughout um, the year or what does that look like? Well, um, so while I believe our current bike, it's still a prototype, like it's mm-hmm. still up for, so I think like, obviously we, if we want to try something new, I think they can just help us out with it. So yeah, like it's pretty crazy, like having the whole backing from the factory because it was pretty evident, like walking into the building that, okay, racing is so, so important. So like, 
like around it. It was su- super cool. So it was quite, and like meeting all the staff and stuff, it was pretty cool to see that that racing is just like priority there. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, so it would be, it, it, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty sick. So you're just going to kind of show up at the, the airport and have all your your travel book to the next venue and have a yeah. somebody cooking for you and <laughs> yeah no it should be yeah it's gonna be definitely a bit of a shock too but i think it, it all i can think is just kind of like super cross the way those boys rock up to their big trucks and yeah go from there so it's gonna be pretty pretty insane and um, yeah. feeling for sure um and now is your wrist totally fine yeah like it it hasn't snapped so I'm going to take that and I'm going to take they said, that. like the scaphoid could. Yeah. No. So right now I think I'm going to say it's a hundred percent healed. Cause I've had some pretty horrendous crashes and like during the season, I had a lot in like Ludeville. I had a pretty big crash and just before qualifying and I literally mm-hmm. landed straight onto the like boat wrists like that. And if it didn't break there, I was like, okay, this, this thing is, this is fine. We're, we're yeah. all good. So, uh, but like, yeah, it was more just for Andorra and stuff. I just had to kind of say, actually, no, up until Leger, I was racing on painkillers most of the time, uh, just because it was pretty painful. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, right. Like right now I just can't start bend it a certain amount or degree, but mm-hmm. besides that, it's, it's pretty sweet. So, and now you've got a yeah. team, a team physio who can yeah, work no, it's, yeah. with you each round and tape it up. And <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty, cause like, I think like I've always have some pretty huge crashes. Like I wish I say it's not going to happen, but it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen mm-hmm. in Fort William. It's going to happen in Bowling. Every race I'm going to have a huge crash. Like I might be all right, but I'm definitely going to still be in pain. So having a physio now is going to be just a game changer. You're not walking around in pain as much pain as, previously so it'd be pretty pretty sick to have that for sure yeah yeah it's kind of inevitable when you're pushing the edge yeah. that there's going to be a couple crashes and you just have to figure out how to manage that yeah i feel like it's yeah definitely uh, i'm yeah i think i'm more most than some having the crashes but uh yeah it's really just get back up and get back to work afterwards really yeah are you going to try to crash like is crashing less something that you ever think about or worry about um, or i guess if this is your first kind of bone break then maybe it's it's you crash well you're like a cat <laughs> yeah like um no i don't mind like I, I enjoy a good crash i think and like i don't i don't mind i think it's uh it's a part of the game like it's uh yeah like i, I really don't mind having a one-off UG. as long as you get on video i think it's pretty pretty important because it gets a good clip like i've had some pretty pretty big crashes during races i was like oh at least at least i got a video of it it wasn't it at least it was worth it on that sense so i mean yeah. it was worth a few views so so i imagine you you spend a lot of time in the gym in the in the off season to make sure that when you do crash it it limits the the damage yeah. what is your what is your off season training look like in the gym yeah so i'm training with um alan milway Mm-hmm. So he's definitely uh, puts me in my place for sure. So I think I'll be in g- the gym pretty much most days of the week. Um, I think three actual strength days of the week and then like two, like whether it be sprints on a walk bike or like a ski machine. So yeah, and I think that definitely helps you beefing up a bit. So when you hit a tree at like 30 or 40 kilometers an hour, you're not just going to crumble into pieces. It, you might be able to get back up. It's not guaranteed, but I mean, it definitely <laughs> helps a bit or... I mean, it might stop you from going over the front a few times. So yeah, it help. It definitely is pretty crucial for sure. Yeah. So he does your strength training. Do you also have other coaches, or he does kind of makes most of your your plan? No, he he'd be pretty much planning my week full time. Just like whether not like riding training, he'll just be like, okay, try go for and or spin this this day or yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. But yeah, full time like just strength strength training really. And um, what about like the time that you spend on the moto? Is that kind of you decide like this is what I want to do today, or is kind yeah, of for fun, or you're thinking of training in the back of your mind, or like what's that? No, it's more just like it's pretty nice sometimes not having to pedal, but like the moto, I think it like I'm not really like riding it the way it should be. I'm kind of just sitting off the back of the bike and trying not to get whiskey throttle into the distance or <laughs> like tank slappers but no it definitely helps a crazy amount i think with arm pump for sure because it's mm-hmm. like the same motion as a downhill bike so if you can do a 15 or 20 minute moto it's like you're pretty smoked afterwards so has the arms pretty pretty pumped up for sure 
and mm. so if i could just do that a few times then yeah it, it definitely helps when it comes to longer tracks at the races i think yeah so do you do a lot of training you know in in ireland in the winter you're going away a couple of times like what's your 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 winter look like this year to kind of get up to speed on the new bike and yeah so yeah like this um i got the new bike um when the, and it's December, so that's when we had the first team camp. So I've been kind of riding uh, downhill since then. But beforehand, I went to South Africa with I class in Jackson Goldstone and Taylor Lanson. So it's quite cool just to have a little like chill holiday for once because I was like, okay, I don't have a downhill bike. I, there's no like as long as I do my gym in South Africa, there's not really I'm not missing out on much at home. And then once I got my bike, I was like, okay, now we can get to work so spent been at home the whole time just really getting used to wet conditions and then i'm heading off to new zealand on this coming sunday down to queenstown with andy Kolb and charlie hatton and joe breeden so that should be pretty sick to back to like prime summer and chairlifts and just get a crazy amount of downhill time and reach so it should be pretty cool and then that'll be more just getting back up to speed are you doing uh it's the red bull hardline in Tasmania, yeah. is that part of that trip? Yeah, so I'll be going down uh, there beforehand. And then, yeah, we've got Tasmania Hardline, which should be pretty sick. I think that's going to be a super cool race, which, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm frothing for that one. That should be sick for sure. So that'll be kind of one of your first uh, real yeah. tests on the new bike, right? Pretty much so, yeah. I think that'll be like one of the first proper races is going to be uh, the new Hardline. So I think after that race, it hopefully should be feeling pretty confident coming into the rest of the season because it doesn't get much scarier than that vet, like race so yeah it should be definitely be able for it yeah so how do you how did you get to know jackson goldstone so you're kind of spending your 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 vacation time with him um, like did you you didn't race was, juniors with him no i, I didn't race i didn't know him before the till so he came into juniors i think i was in my first year elite yeah and mm-hmm. i think I don't know where we met. I think it was Innsbruck, uh, Crankworks. So just literally mm-hmm. met on like a pump track and then we just started talking, talking shite. And then like, yeah, I think we like went out like to a bar or something afterwards. And I think like, yeah, just became good mates. And then yeah, pretty much from there, I think we stayed together in Morzine with a few lads and uh, for a bit. And then like, yeah, I think with the same with most of the riders, like you don't know them and until you just, yeah ride bikes with them and you become friends so it's pretty pretty cool that way mm-hmm. and you both like kind of those those big big jumps and i, I heard yeah. you had like a, a jump in your your backyard quite a large <laughs> one when you were like 16 so it sounds like you've kind of had a similar kind of trajectory of not not just yeah. riding downhill you can also ride ride jumps as well yeah i'd say i definitely wouldn't be like jackson on jumps trying like massive whips or flips but like <laughs> i'd try to I try to do what I can, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's pretty, like, big jumps are pretty cool. Like, it's definitely a scary part of it, but yeah, I, yeah, you can't really, I, I don't see why downhill races don't have more of them, to be honest. It's, it's uh, hopefully in the World Cups, we could get some bigger jumps in it. It would be pretty sick, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's kind of interesting, kind of paralleling your trajectory with, jackson's trajectory because he's kind of been a household name since he was like i don't know five or six or something and then you didn't actually race juniors so it's kind of like you're just becoming you know well known in the past <laughs> couple of years i think with your your results um do you have you ever talked about that that like how, I how you... yeah i don't think we've really like talked about it like i think I think my first World Cup race, I think my name was on the results list and people were like, oh, who the hell is this guy? Like, he's never, <laughs> he's never been here before. Like, what was this? And then when, like, it was on the results list the next week as a top 20, they're like, oh, uh, like, who, who is this Irish kid? And, yeah, because, like, I've always known, I think I remember seeing Jackson's first video of on the, like, little kid's push bike. And, like, like I was always a, kid, like, mega fan of just, like, general riders and stuff. So it's pretty insane to actually, like, be best mates with them. So, like, but it's kind of cool to see his whole insane career and the season he had this year was pretty crazy. And like even in snowshoe, like crossing the line, knowing I got a podium when the first person there is Jackson Goldstone to give you a hug. So it's pretty, pretty cool um, to be, yeah, to know him. So it's yeah. cool to see how his, his season or career has been growing as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it sounds like yours has kind of been like exponentially like compressed into this little <laughs> yeah. like four year period here where it's, you know, you were not finishing or not even qualifying at junior races to suddenly you, you finish second <laughs> at no shoe. So is yeah. it kind of surreal? Like, what does it feel like? How, how have you progressed so quickly in such a short period of time, I guess as well? Yeah, it's definitely pretty surreal. Like from being a junior, I was just definitely like nobody because I wasn't even qualifying as a junior. So I just definitely didn't have the pace there. And, <clears throat> and then, yeah. And then coming to elites, I didn't really know what to expect. And then, like every race you did better and you got to meet like more of your heroes like being Danny Hart or Amory Piran. I think, I think it was my first world cup and for my race run, Amory was behind me. Like he was the rider next behind me. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, he's going to catch me for sure. So it's like, and then you're becoming friends with all these guys. So it was, it's still pretty crazy how quick it has happened. Like I think this time, three years ago, I was getting, like we just got our downhill bikes for our first elite world cup so it's pretty pretty insane just how quick i don't really know how we kind of got to this point just riding bikes fast i think and just trying to keep keep your head down and do some good work really mm -hmm. yeah so you just kind of like riding your bike and do tons of laps all the time and eventually you just kind of get faster is yeah. kind of how you feel it's kind of happened yeah yeah pretty much so um yeah kind of and then only in the past really year then that you'd be like okay now we'll go proper training and proper fitness and get to the gym and stuff but yeah before that was more just okay let's ride our bikes as fast as we can and see what happens so <laughs> yeah it's, it's i don't really know how but yeah we kind of got here at some stage really yeah it seems like you've also got a good scene in ireland right now like do you train with ocean sometimes or i know like greg callahan's there and jacob dixon and it seems like you for a pretty small country there's a lot of top downhill and enduro riders there right now yeah for sure like it wasn't like it's only come in the past few years i think the sport has grown so much i think it's like the bike park like Glencullen adventure park uh bike park just in dublin has helped hugely with this just bringing on so much new new kids and stuff which is pretty insane see like it's some insane like i'd go up there for a weekend and there'd be like a 10 year old kid just trying like a massive whip and go flat out i'm like oh my god like like who are these little little gremlins like <laughs> ripping but yeah like the scene is definitely growing and it's it's pretty handy to like like when greg was in ireland like he'd always come down to mine to rip moto or go for spins and then like if ushing's up this way we're like we'll ride downhill or motocross again so it's like yeah it's pretty cool again and like we're all really good mates so it's it definitely because we're edging each other on i think it definitely helps out with training for sure yeah and what about the uh <clears throat> The, the typical Irish weather, do you think that makes you guys uh, tougher or uh, makes it better riding in the mud? Or what's it like kind of training through the winter there? Like, I'm actually not crazy good at riding in the muck. I think we had like one really <laughs> like wet race. I think Leo Gang it rained in qualifying mm -hmm. and I nearly didn't qualify. So like, I was like, I kind of think my wet riding skills are too good. And then it rained a Monte Dan and I crashed in the wet. So yeah, I think I've done most of my best ride in the dry. Um, but yeah, I think the weather definitely helps. It just stops. It makes you not complain, really. When it's raining on a practice day, you're not really like, oh, no, it's wet. Like, we're like okay, let's let's go ride our bikes. It, it definitely helps toughen you up, I think. And it's good. Like, there's a, yeah, stops it. Stops your whining, really. So, <laughs> I, I guess that's the thing. It's like <clears throat> the the rain in one kind of dirt is totally different from rain in another kind of dirt. So it's almost like you can be good at riding in the mud in one place and not yeah. in another place. <laughs> yeah. Like the, I don't know. We definitely have all kinds of muck here, rather it's like absolute slop, like a pillow or it's pretty hard packed. But, uh, I think as well, cause since we don't really have crazy uplifts or system we're, when it rains, we're actually not riding a crazy amount of the wet compared to if it rains in Morzine or something, you can do laps and laps. So we're not actually getting an insane amount of quality riding. So it's mm -hmm. uh, like we try to get as much as we can, really. Do you do a lot of shuttles then, or do you kind of yeah, do some pedal, all... shorter laps, or what are the what's the riding kind of look like? Um, so like the place I usually do uplifts is literally just I think like my pretty much lane is a part of the uplift road. Like it's two minutes oh, up perfect. the way from my house. Mm -hmm. But the track's only like one minute long. So it's just like me and my mom doing uplifts like pretty much like four times a week. She'll drive me up and down the hill for about two hours till. <laughs> and so that's uh, like you might get 
12 or 13 runs in a day with only like one minute long of downhill. It's not an insane amount of laps. And we only kind of have two tracks besides the bike park where you can really do that. So mm-hmm. it's not an insane amount of variant or I'd go over to Duffy bike park in Wales. That's kind of the only other training I get or the bike park in Dublin. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of why you need to do the moto to get the longer. Yeah. Pretty much. Kind so. of thing. Yeah. I think if I was getting arm pump on a one minute track, I think I'd be in a bit <laughs> of a, I think I'd have to ring up my trainer and be like, listen, we have a problem. So yeah, the moto, <laughs> that, that's where the moto comes in handy. You can yeah, destroy the arms there. Yeah. Do a little bit longer, longer than a yeah. one minute, one minute track. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if we look at your season a little bit last year, like what were some of the, like, how did it feel kind of throughout the season? Like the beginning of the season was pretty strong and then you were kind of injured. Mm. Um, but then snowshoe after your injury, coming back from the injury, you finished second. So how, how did you kind of turn around after the injury and get back to those top spots? Yeah. Like I felt like the injury, it didn't really like when I think about it, I kind of completely forgot it happened. Like it just, cause I was only actually off the bike for one month because I played it. Like I cut it super short, but it was a mm-hmm. quite crucial one month. Um, but like, yeah, the season started off real well. I think lens are high. I didn't get insane result, but it was a nice 22nd and 19th in semifinals. Just that it means you're in like in contempt for a top 20 and then get eight place in Leo gang. I think I was like 0.4 off the podium. And then that kind of just like, okay, I was like, oh my God, like I have the speed on a dry track. Everything's equal to get a podium. And then like, yeah, and then to get another 11th place in Val de Sol on 11th in semifinals, I think 12th in qualities. I was like, okay, I'm actually consistently with this pace. Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, I've got a few top 10s. I only want a podium right now. So I was just like pushing 100%. (laughs) like that goal. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, okay, I've shown the people like, because I think, Coming into the season, everyone was like, okay, Ronan's not a consistent rider. He's pretty... And I was like, okay, I showed people I can kind of be consistent. And then, like, coming into Andorra, well, Andorra, or sadly, we got the rain came in, mm-hmm. so it was a bit bit annoying there. But, yeah, it's just trying to prove a point then around. I was like, okay, I got a podium last year. I can get a point podium this year. And that was kind of what I was doing until Snowshoe, and I just kept crashing in finals, really, which was a bit frustrating, but I was like, I was riding 100%, so it was like, okay. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do, really. Um, so what did you think about, <clears> like, the format with those semifinals? Like, you know, you're not having one one crash in a weekend. It could, you could the potential for, like, a lot yeah. more almost. So what was it like for, for a rider like you that really puts it all on the edge during a finals run usually? Yeah, like, a lot of people disliked it, but I didn't mind it that much because... Like I would, I think I would have done better in the overall if it just went off semifinal results because I got a lot more top fifteens with semifinals. But also, mm-hmm. it was quite nice. Like you do qualify and you get maybe top fifteen or something. Like okay, I'll get a nice semi final. I think a few of them I got like a twelfth place or a fifteenth place, and I was like, okay, I've got some points. And okay, now I've done. I've got a top thirty in the bag. But no matter what, let's go one hundred percent. And if we spit off the bike we've got a top 30 in some points. So I did that a lot at races. Mm-hmm. I went hundred percent. So like you're crashing out going for a podium, but you still come away with a top 30. So it was like, I think that helped with the overall. Cause like, you're like Oh, I crashed, but I still got some points. So it's kind of <laughs> cool. So yeah, it, it mixed mis- like emotions, I think for sure. Like I think in Leger, I got a 12th in semifinals and I was like, okay, and um, let's go for a podium. I crashed. It's like, I would have rather 12th place but I mean it's not the end like I think it was quite cool but yeah a lot of riders don't agree on it to be honest yeah and how do you like gauge your energy throughout the day to to make sure that you I can, just like- I just take an insane amount of caffeine so honestly from <laughs> by 10 o'clock in the morning I'm just so wired it doesn't really matter I, I don't really get fatigued <laughs> until I'd say about four o'clock the next morning really so yeah, probably, it's probably not good for the old heart, but I mean, it, it definitely helps with racing. <laughs> it's only during race season, so you're like, yeah, I mean, it's Red a, Bulls it, or caffeine gum, or what's your yeah, what's just, your caffeine of choice? <laughs> um, luckily, Red Bull. Uh, there's a lot of it's quite easy to get your hand on free Red Bulls. I know a lot of Red Bull riders, <laughs> so I think I've been I've been caught many times sneaking into the syndicate pits and leaving with crates or the same with Atherton. So 
yeah it's quite handy <laughs> to get your hand on red bull so i'll be doing it's only for 10 races so or less eight races so i mean the heart can take it for now yeah and you, do you normally like drink coffee in the morning or have a red bull like on, on a normal weekday or is it really just for weekends that you're like okay full cranking on the the caffeine um I want to say only race weekends, but I'm trying to dial it down for the off season. So when it comes to racing, it'll, I mean, my tolerance might be a bit lower, so it'll be okay. But we're not really succeeding with that at the minute. So the amount <laughs> of empty cans in my in my car say otherwise. So, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't make you at all like jittery to have that much caffeine. It just kind of like, nah, how, just, how does it make I, you feel? Um, usually, I just get like super fired up, like I'm really, really amped up getting into the start gate, like. So I think I maybe that's actually my downfall why I crash a bit because I'm just so fired up. I'm like, oh my god, let's let's get this done. Let's get it and just tuck the front. So maybe maybe we might do better if we tone it down a bit, but we'll have to see. We'll maybe try or, that for one race or just uh, <laughs> you know dose it exactly perfectly yeah, we'll based on your yeah, we'll routine. The, yeah, we'll try. I'll get the mechanic. We'll try dose it. Get onto a certain amount. <laughs> like I know your mechanic. We're supposed to be doing testing on the bike and yeah. the telemetry, but like I'm also curious about how my Red Bull is affecting yeah. me. So <laughs> mess around, mess around with that those numbers. But uh, yeah, I, I try just hype myself up as much as possible and really like try gaslight myself into saying that if I don't win this race, the world's gonna end. Like really try, but I think that could be a bit of my downfall because I just get too too hyped so, yeah. yeah well i mean the, the the mental side of racing is is so important really yeah. like that last half hour at the top of the hill and like leading into your your start like how, how do it, you is it the same do you do the same routine every race or like how do you get yourself in that like go mode yeah i definitely do like we do the exact same warm-up every race so it's pretty nice to follow that like routine and know exactly what to do but it's still you're still just crazy nervous and when you're getting closer and closer to the start line like i remember beforehand i'd always be like oh i wish my start start line was like 10 minutes later so i wouldn't have to go now but now i'm kind of like okay get me to that start hut. i want to be i want to be there i want to be like try to get like quite aggressive about it really and mm -hmm. yeah and i think that kind of helped like but it is great like i remember it is pretty insane pressure, but I mean, it, it's what makes it so good, I think. Yeah. And are you, it, it sounds like you're not the kind of rider who wants like perfect silence as you're, you're getting ready for the start. Like what, what is your, are you talking to people at the top? Are they kind of like, Ronan, stop talking to me. I'm in the zone. Like <laughs> how are you balancing it at the top for the start, start gate? I don't know. I definitely wouldn't, I don't, I kind of go quiet, I think as well. But I mean, mm -hmm. I think I remember snowshoe because the start of the track was like there's so many people at the top but i was like okay i want them to make as much noise as possible so i'm not thinking about other things like if there's other noise outside it might drown out oh what if i crash what if i get a puncture and all these things so i was like trying to hype the crowd up and like okay and <laughs> like i remember they're pretty like sick crowd so it's definitely helping a bit there just yeah trying to because usually most of the european races and all it's super quiet at the top and like it's definitely pretty tense and every rider is dead quiet and their mechanics are dead quiet i'm like well oh. and you get a speaker I need a distraction. up here yeah i need to put my earphones back in for a little bit longer so it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's tough there um so do you think that's part of the reason why two years in a row you're able to get a podium at snowshoes just like the crowd helps carry you down um, or of course or it's a little bit of everything yeah i'm not too sure really um bit of both i think the crowd's pretty insane i think the american crowd's pretty cool and like definitely being irish as well the, the americans definitely like froth with that so it's pretty cool um and the track i actually hate the track it's it is <laughs> it's not it's not nice to ride it's so rocky but i mean i it's a podium so i can't complain yeah i guess everybody else hates it equally so you're all on even yeah train. like i like I wouldn't say it's my favorite track to ride, but when you hear everybody complaining and saying how much they hate it, I'm like, oh no, I love this. Like I'll say it to them like, oh, I love this track. This is, why are you talking about this? It's amazing. And try like, <laughs> just like feed, like when everyone's complaining, you, like, I think you kind of feed off that and like it helps me boost my confidence. I think Oshin's kind of the same. Like when we hear people complaining about the rain and stuff, we're like, I don't particularly like a wet track, but if I hear a person complaining, I'm like, oh, please rain. Like let's, it's just quite <laughs> nice to 
I don't know. When everyone's complaining, it's quite easy to turn it into like something positive, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, no, this is, this, this is, is amazing. Let's not, let's not get down. We're racing World Cups. This is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh, like, I remember snowshoe. Everyone, uh, all everyone does is complain. Like it is like practice is insanely hard and you're crashing a lot on sharp rocks and like, I'm complaining myself, but I'm just not saying that out loud and letting everybody hear as far as everyone's concerned, I'm stoked on the track and love it. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's handy there. So is that something you do intentionally, you think, that would, like, to get uh, Yeah, like, just, yeah, I think so. I'd, like, yeah, I do that quite a bit when people start complaining. I'm like, oh, no, this is perfect. What are you on about? This is sick. <laughs> or just, yeah, it's quite easy to feed off it. Because then, you know, if everyone else is complaining, you know they're not riding particularly fast. So you're like, okay, this is okay. This helps us out a bit. Yeah, yeah. so it's almost a good good mentally for you to, to hear the other people. Yeah, I think it's excited. it's good to hear people whining, for sure. It, it yeah. helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking forward to 2024, you're starting the season off with Red Bull Hardline. Yeah. And then what does the rest of like your season look like going into Fort William? Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll try to get to one of the Portuguese Cups if I'm back from um, like down under. So yeah, because the, they're usually like a pre-World Cup race. And then, yeah, then we'll be pretty much into Fort William because it's like a bit earlier on this season. And yeah, so hopefully, I think after Hardline and those races, we'll be pretty confident. And yeah, won't be too scared of much. And I might try to get to Fort William beforehand for sure to, if the track is open and a little bit of snaking because I didn't get to ride it this year with the new changes. So it'd be nice to get there before the World Cup for sure. And is that a track that typically you can kind of ride or is it hard to, to yeah. ride before the race? It's pretty tough um, because I don't think we get to ride any. I, I think a lot of riders, it's kind of a one-off rocky track and gravel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, ride, I don't mind it. I haven't had insane results there. I've only, I think I've only raced there once as elite actually or in a World Cup. So mm-hmm. I'm not crazy experience but i mean it's it's pretty much the same all year round and it's pretty physical so definitely hopefully the fitness will be up by on par by then really yeah so are you hoping to <clears throat> kick off the season strong or kind of build throughout the season or what it, what is your what are your um, hopes here? i think yeah like this year i think we kind of build it or like first world cup took it easy and built into it but i mean this it'd be more just get protected make sure to get protected by this race for sure um, I'm not going to come out swing, but like, okay, let's go for a podium and blow up or something. So I think this year, just be if we get a nice top ten, would be that'd be that'd be perfect way to start the season and just means we're protected for other races for sure, and then build kind of from there already. Mm-hmm. So that should be. And how are you going to work with your your teammates so with Ryan and Dak? Like- I'd be yeah, practice. I think um, like. I'm usually for practice days. I'm always one of the first riders to drop in, but I think Dakota is the same as me. He's a, kind of one of the riders I always see up top when I'm there. So I think that'll be pretty, pretty handy. And I usually go for a quantity on practice day. Like I'll usually try to go for as much runs as possible. So it would be pretty sick to feed. And I think it would be, there'd be a good teammate rivalry there before as well. I think, I think that's going to be a pretty positive thing as well. So for, Ryan is Ryan f- riding faster. Dakota's riding faster. You know, like, oh, okay, I got to go. Like, it's going to be, I think it's going to be sick that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's almost the pressure of uh, being, the, being the fastest on the team as well as the fastest uh, on the race yeah, course like, on that day, right? <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. Like, usually what they say in motocross, your teammates is your number one competition in a good way, obviously. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure. I think it'll be good to feed off each other obviously with line choice as well, help each other out, like say stuff that we're not particularly going to say to other riders because they're not mm-hmm. our teammates. So, I yeah. mean, getting results for the team is probably one of the most important things as well. I think yeah. It be so you sick. see it being quite a collective, a collective effort with those two guys this year. Yeah. Like usually I'm like, I ride with kind of a whole group of different people. usually at the world cups, but mainly like the Atherton boys, like Andy Culver, Charlie, Charlie Hatton. So, and like, mm-hmm. I usually give away all my secrets to them, to be honest. So, <laughs> well, which they do the same for me. So, I mean, it'll just be doing it for Dak and Pinky now. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what does that process look like for you? Like before, you know, you're doing track walk and then you, you say you do a lot of runs. So I imagine you're not stopping and looking at things as much as maybe 
other riders yeah. are? Like, how are you making sure that you're on that line you want to be on for finals? Yeah, like usually um, for practice day, I'll probably do three runs. And usually by then, hopefully I'd have my line. Like if the track, if it's not a fresh track, because usually the fresh tracks get blown out so much and they change. But for Fort William, mm-hmm. it's going to pr- probably stay the exact same the whole week. So usually I'll pick a line after a third run and just stick with it and just try, like get like be able to ride that line as fast as I can instead of changing constantly changing then like you're not riding it to your best so I'll pick it hopefully it's the right one but then by the time it comes racing I'll be hitting that one 100 percent and but we have a line spotter so I mean it's gonna be a game changer having someone on the hill scoping for us really so it should be pretty wow. sick yeah so that'll yeah. be kind of different they'll be like you should probably choose choose this line it looks like it's the fastest line How's that yeah going? they're like yeah so i think it'll be pretty pretty cool i think jorge is going to be up there scoping so i have faith in him for picking the right line for sure and <laughs> but yeah it's going to be sick having someone up there just telling me i'm wrong really but uh yeah it should be <laughs> it should be a, sick I, I, that's an interesting way of looking at it it's like i'd rather be comfortable on on this line almost and know i can do this line fast than be worrying yeah. about other lines that might might or might yeah. not be faster yeah, for sure. Like I've seen, like it's happened a lot of World Cups where I've known the line I'm not on is slower, and it's not like it's not the major line, but I can ride that line faster than I would the right one. So mm-hmm. I might as well ride that one for sure. So mm-hmm. that's sometimes I look at it that way, and it, it does help a bit. I think, um, like I can ride to my hundred percent, while the right line I wouldn't be able to ride to my hundred percent. So it helps yeah. for sure really and it's also nice going into a line knowing you're confident if you're going to something that you weren't confident as well it'd be always hesitating through a race run and that's the last thing you want for sure yeah, yeah. um oh in a 2021 getting to know article you did on pink bike you said that oh, your yeah. weaknesses were anything that included sprinting and cardio is that still the yeah. case um actually i don't think so actually no now i think uh sprinting and all would nearly be a little bit of a strong suit to me because usually like before then i did i was still in school and stuff so i did zero training like i'd never do sprints that'd be i didn't have a trainer as well so i mean it was just it yeah so i think hopefully now we're kind of different we're a little bit stronger for sure um (laughs) i suppose a better athlete than 2021 yeah more of an actual actually being an athlete well then i think i was just a pretty much being a farmer really and not doing much yeah, yeah. well so, farm work is hard right yeah it doesn't involve sprinting a bike and more just seeing shoveling <laughs> hay and stuff really so that's about it my parents always said yeah farm work it's like oh it's like training but i'm like yeah i don't really know it's not that. quite the same <laughs> no it's not not quite the same yeah no. what kind of farm do you have um, we live on a horse farm, so my family breeds racehorses, so oh, wow. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're kind of like one of their, uh, they're, they're yeah. also, <laughs> they're yeah. kind of race, a race son as well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. I, I never really went near to horses, I think it's more just, yeah, I always found bikes a bit more, a bit more entertaining to be honest, but I mean, I always have to still do a bit of work anyway, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so your main things that you're working on for 2024, what would you say that you're, you're focusing on right now? Um, like, I think it'd be, I'd, I'd say a top 10 overall for sure. And um, would mm-hmm. be like worst kit. Like that'd be like the least I'd be expecting because getting 12th this season overall with a pretty inconsistent season, I think, yeah, top 10 for sure overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I'd love to see multiple podiums and like the way I felt like I was riding at the end of the season and this year or 2023, I think I definitely had the speed for another podium for sure in Montagnan, but I didn't hold on to the bike like another classic. And then the way this season or this winter is already kicking off like the test camp, feeling the speed of the bike is pretty insane. So I think, yeah, I think that should be where we were expecting. I'd love to say, I'd love to try to get a win after going, so close to one before but i mean i think that's something we just have to i think everybody's hungry for one of those so the competition is pretty insane at the minute yeah absolutely uh well let's finish off with a couple rapid fire questions yeah sure okay so would you rather win the world cup overall or world championships um i'd say we're 
overall for sure. Yeah, that that's a no brainer. I think um, world championships would be insane, but uh, yeah, I think the overall would be pretty incredible. Um, what's your favorite race course? Um, I'd say either Ludeville or the J World Cup. Or actually, maybe even the Red Bull Hardline course in Wales. That's a pretty sick track. No, that's um, true. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a World Cup, right? Your favorite yeah, race Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty <laughs> sick track. Um, your favorite pre-race meal? Um, probably just pasta and pesto and a can of Red Bull. I think that usually goes pretty hard. I can't, oh, yeah, yeah, the I Red Bull. To, uh, yeah, I think the Red Bull yeah, has, yeah, has to go down with it, really. Water's <laughs> not allowed. Yeah. Um, if you weren't a professional bike racer, what job would you have? Um, I think I was asked before, I think I'd be in the army, to be honest, uh, because in 2022, when the season wasn't going that well, I signed up for the army and I wow. actually had a, yeah, I had to go to like a meeting or I was meant to go to a meeting and I got a podium at a world cup. I was like, actually, no, we'll, we'll forget about that. So, uh, I think I'd <laughs> probably be, plan. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably, yeah, there's a eight plan wasn't going. Yeah. So I think we'd probably be in the barracks somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Your favorite animal? Um, probably my dog, Indy. Yeah, so dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, your go-to social media platform? Um, Instagram, probably for sure. Um, yeah. And finally, beer or wine? Um, I usually say beer, being Irish. So yeah, yeah beer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Cheers. It's been great chatting with you. Good luck with your training and getting up to speed on the new bike and. Looking forward to watching your race at Hardline and then at Fort William. Yeah.